Welcome to the Justin Broker Show, the podcast where we discuss real estate, business, financial advice, positive mindset training, and so much more. I hope everybody out there is having a great week. I am Mr. Producer, Graydon, and I am here with the man himself, Justin Fromstein. What's up? What's What's up, up, people? What's up, buddy? How you doing today? I'm feeling good, man. I might be uh, closing an apartment complex deal in Alabama right now. Okay. Well, we'll get into that. I want to introduce our guest. We got a guest today. Today's guest is Scott Garcia, entrepreneur, business owner, martial artist, all-around badass. Scott, how you doing? Great to be here. How are you doing? Glad to have you. I'm doing great. I'm in my natural state. Yeah. I love interviewing. I love asking questions. So, you know, you're seeing me kind of in my natural habitat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, me and Justin, we'll we'll get on here and we'll normally talk about business and, and what deals and, and uh, opportunities uh, Justin's got going on. But I want to start with you, ask you how you're doing, and welcome to the show. All right. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Yeah. So first questions first, Justin, how you doing this week? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Yeah. Tell me about what you got going on. A lot. A lot of stuff's going on right now. Um, so right now I'm uh, working on a deal in Alabama. I have a buddy that has a 20 unit. He gave it to me uh, today, this morning. Actually, I think it was this morning or last night. It was one of the two. It was either last night or this morning. I didn't really look, but I got it. I probably, maybe he sent it to me last night and I looked at it this morning. But um, the deal basically is 20 units. The guy wants 2.2 mil. Um, The guy's open for offers. So I'm thinking about offering him like, you know, 1.9, you know, maybe two. Uh, Go in, put, you know, 15% down. So 300 grand down. Finance the rest. I just talked to a lender in Alabama that said they can do 15% and they'll do a four and a quarter rate on a 25-year loan. So my payment would be about 11000 a month. Place right now makes seventeen and some change, like seventeen nine. So it'd be $6,900 in cash flow a month. On top of that, the, the, the property's all like two twos. So, and they're all new. It's all, I saw the pictures. It's new windows, new siding, new roofing. In fact, I'll show Scott the pictures like when we get out of here. Nice. Um, How many units? Twenty. Wow. Twenty units is pretty good, man. It's like a hundred. Was it a hundred a door? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. For two twos, new windows, new roof, new side. In this market? Mm-hmm. It's in Alabama. In Alabama, yeah. still. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those deals where it's a perfect property. It's in good condition. Doesn't need a lot of rehab. Bathrooms, bedrooms are nice. It's clean. It's not like super updated. You know, mm-hmm. like on the inside, it's like the oak cabinets and like the old, but it's, but it's a no brainer because they're getting $900 a month right now. And I just looked and you can get 11, 12 right now for that, for a two, two in that area. Mm. Like the going rent, you can get 1100, at least go up a hundred bucks. I mean, you could at least get a thousand. So I like told him like, well, if we go up a hundred dollars rent times 20 units, that's two G's. That's 19. So that's $8,900 a month on 300,000 down. So $8,900 a month is good money. You know, for three hundred grand, I'll I'll take that all day. Not to mention appreciation. Not to mention, you know. And the other cool thing is they sell individually, so I could sell off. There's five buildings, so I could sell them individually too if I wanted to in the future. Like obviously, I would have to get a different loan. I'd have to like you know say, hey, I want to do a loan on each building separately, however they want to do it. Um, but the guy will also sell them individually, so you can just buy four units, and I think it was like four fifty a door, four fifty for four units, which is still good. Wow, there's a lot you of know? juice in that deal. A lot of juice, bro. Okay. Um, Scott, let me get started with you. Yeah. Uh, how did you even get into real estate? So I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was in college. All right. And uh, I was going to college in Hawaii. And then, you know, Wait, it took what, me- what part of Hawaii were you going? Uh, in Oahu. 
And what was the school? Uh, BYU Hawaii. BYU. Okay, yeah, BYU. yeah, up on the North Shore. And- I'm gonna oh, pretend cool. like I know which island that's on and yeah. where. I know where yeah. I know where the island is, but that's yeah, cool yeah. though. That's cool. It's yeah. beautiful there. Yeah, I loved it out there. And then um, uh, I moved out. To, well, I moved out to Arizona, 2005. I bought a house, a uh, five bedroom house in Mesa, and uh, right away I got renters for four of the bedrooms. So uh, that paid for paid for the mortgage, and um, I'm still running that out today. I have like eight guys living there, eight single guys. Wow. And, uh, is it paid off? No, not yet. No. This is what we got to get Graydon to do. <laughs> yeah. I've been telling him. I've yeah. been telling him. Graydon. He looks right at yeah. me like. I just took like. <laughs> <laughs> I just, he looked at me like, see, I told your ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just refinanced this year and it took out 100 grand. There you out go. Of there. Okay. There you go, Graydon. So, yeah. You don't want to I'm like, it off. I, right? I'm all yeah. winking like. <laughs> I can't even wink at it all. I'm like Justin yeah. tries to put me up on so much game. I mean, yeah. it's it's like you know, it, one of the things about having successful friends mm-hmm. is that they want their friends to be successful. Definitely. They they don't really like like hey, my buddy, you know, he's not doing so well. I need to make sure he's all right. Like when you're around a people who are used to success, mm-hmm. they don't really tolerate people around them who aren't successful yeah. and who aren't hungry for stuff. So I think it's interesting. It goes back to kind of choosing your friend group and, mm-hmm. and your social circle and, and how that reaps rewards. I mean, Kevin Hart said it. He's like, if I'm winning, I don't want to be around broke people. You know, even in his comedy sketch, he's like, hey, if I'm making $20 million, you know, and I got a buddy that's $200 million, he's like, I want to hit it at $200 million. You know, what do I got to do to make $200 million? What do I got to do to make mm-hmm. $500 million? So if you're around people that are making millions, you're just going to – it's just going to – attached to you you're gonna feel their energy and you're just gonna manifest more but if you're around a bunch of poor people and you're all complaining about your life you're just gonna get more complaining and more poor people so and what's gonna manifest exactly the same thing same so thing. so yeah scott keep going yeah keep birds going. of a feather flock together right yeah yeah um so that you know i bought at the high of the market the market's still tanked but i've still had like rental income coming in like they paid for my mortgage and so i was teaching school at the time um and yeah so i, I was still traveling the world because I didn't have a car payment, didn't have a house payment. And then um, one of my friends, Laurel, our conversations over, we'd have conversations. She's like, oh, I only made 40 grand. I made 40 grand on this flip. I'm like, Laurel, that's more than a teacher makes all year. I need, year. To, I need to like, you know, do what you're doing. So she invited me to uh, a real estate meeting about two and a half years ago. And I went and I found out what wholesaling was and um, invested in a course and then got so like when you bought houses. your so when you bought your property in 2005 how mm-hmm. did the 2008 recession hit you i mean it dropped the houses in my neighborhood were going for you know 40 grand i bought it for like 248 right Damn. and uh, i talked to robert kiyosaki that time he's like scott don't buy right now in three years you can he buy four houses you. three or four houses for the same price it's gonna be a crash and i didn't listen i bought it anyway right um, you kind of look like Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a younger version, you know? Yeah. But yeah. like, he looks yeah. like he could be like on a book and be like, this is what you do. And that's, you know? and that's, and that's the dude who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, okay. yeah, like yeah, he, he lives be, in Scottsdale. Yeah. Camelback. He looks like he could be Mr. Over I didn't know he lived there's here. A lot yeah. of, there's a lot he of real estate investors in Paradise Valley. Like the other guy, Dean Graziosi, he lives in PB. There's a lot of ballers in Arizona. Like a lot of ballers. I mean, you just told me you know Donovan Lunat. I know the guy. I know the guy. And he goes to Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, yeah. legit. Don't yeah. blow up the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't show. I don't up. want people coming up there being like, "Hey, man, I heard Donovan goes up here." Well, the good news is we only got like what hundred viewers right now, so we're not even there yet. But <laughs> in the next couple of months, we might have a thousand. In, 2, a, in a year, where it's fifty thousand viewers in a in yeah. a month, it's yeah. like those people will know. So they start showing up. 
Let me ask you this question, Scott, and, and I'll flip this over to Justin. Now, how long have you actually been working for yourself? What's the last job you actually had? Um, so I'm currently teaching high school full-time right now. So you're a full-time, full-time teacher, yeah, and yeah. you're doing this? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I got three, three little ones, a two-year-old boy, a four-year-old boy, and a six-year-old girl. Shout out. And then, Full uh, family. Yeah, I got- Full-time teacher, and you flip. Yep, and I got about five deals right now. Going just, on when I'm selling the Justin. I can here. see why Justin likes yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I brought him on the show because he is a teacher, he's a dad, and he's doing this. So you got to give him props. I mean, I Absolutely. give Scott props for that because a lot of people Shame. come on and they go, Yeah, I don't have the time. I just do this or I just do this or, you know, and so it's, I wanted the viewers and people out there. And then as this podcast grows, the people to understand that if you want to do it, it's all mental. Because mm-hmm. you can divvy up your life, and I'm, and I see him. You're still with your kids. You still see your kids, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You still do stuff with your kids, right? You're not oh, just yeah. not home, right? Yeah. So tell, ask him some more questions. So, so yeah, I guess I got a bunch of questions about that because mm-hmm. a lot of people will say there's not enough hours in the day Correct, in order yeah. to do that. How do you find the time to devote the proper amount of attention, attention to the, your specific endeavors? Um, one thing I do is I document everything on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, TikTok, so it gets the word out. Like when I'm doing real estate, like I was just at the We Serve office today, getting a, a realtor signs for like, you know, coming soon for sale signs. And so I'm, you know, I made a picture of that. Or I run a door knocking team every Saturday, and uh, we go out. Justin got a deal Saturday. I'm door knocking with us, and then I, I got one a couple weeks ago and I sold yeah. it to Justin. So I did. I'm actually going to tell you about that deal real quick because yeah. yeah. I want to shout out. I want to give Scott props for this because I didn't. I was like, come on, Scott, like, you know, door knocking, like, you know, get out of here. And he's like, I'm picking up deals. And I'm like, get out of here. So I wanted to see it, you know, not that I need the money, but I was just like, I want to see this, you know, and I brought Graydon with me. Yeah, we mm-hmm. And um, we did, do, we did a neighborhood that Scott told us to, and actually like, it was weird. Cause I, this is where I believe in like intuition and faith, but I was like, mm-hmm. Hey guys, let's get out of this neighborhood. Let's go to another one. I think it was just me, Scott Graydon, and your brother buddy. Mm-hmm. And the four of us went to a new neighborhood and like at the ninth house, I talked to a guy um, a giveaway was he had a dumpster out front of his, his house. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, there's got to be something going on. So I just say, hey, you know, what's going on? And there's some people buying stuff. And uh, initially he goes, what do you want? You know, what do you want? You know, I think, feel like people, you go to their house, it's just kind of the demeanor. They, they're usually like, what? You know, no one's mm-hmm. like, hi. Yeah. Thanks mm-hmm. for coming. Very, very. I, really, <laughs> I feel like if somebody says that, they're like, it's weird, you know? Mm-hmm. But normally they're it's like. bite you in and tie you up and shit. Yeah, it's just a weird vibe. So the guy's like. I ended up walking kind of by myself because I was with you and the other guy. And then I kind of just started door knocking and walking by myself. And then I, I told the guy, I was like, hey, I see a dumpster up front. Like, you know, what's going on? He's like, well, my dad passed away. And I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that, man. Um, I lost my dad in 2011. He's like, oh, well, you know, so what's up? And like no sympathy at all. But, I, you know, and, and again, I'm not even mad about it. I'm like, okay, maybe he's just in another. He's dealing with it. So mm-hmm. I'm not even going to get mad about it. So I was like, okay, he's, he's obviously, I was like, well, you know what? Um, I actually told him, I was straight up told him, I said, hey, I work for the church and I, I actually buy homes and I put people in them, which is true. I do put people into low-income homes. This is true. But I wanted to like kind of like, you know, get in the door and I could tell that might be a good way to get in. So he goes, yeah, you know what? Um, what church are you with? I go, oh, I'm at Compassion, which you've, you've talked to my church guy. Yeah, Jared, we had him Jay on. came on the show. We yeah. had him on the show. Yeah. So, and he knows yeah. I buy homes and I have low-income families going and stuff like that. So I'm not making stuff up. But again, I might buy the house. I might put a renter in I might flip it, whatever. But I don't go in all that. And he goes, he's like, you know what? Yeah, you want to come in? Yeah, come on in. So I walk in the house. He basically was talking to other people. I guess it turns out he was selling a lot of stuff out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of walked in. I went in. And I was like, this house is not that bad. And then he goes, yeah, the roof's like a year old. Um, the AC is like seven years old. 
he's like, we do have termites. And, you know, he started telling me if he thinks I'm like, termites, no big deal. It's a block home. I'm not worried about it. But I said, okay, we'll get it sprayed. And we start walking the house. And then um, and then he's in that. So I walk around the house. I look around the back. The block wall's in good condition. The two-car carport's in good condition. The RV gate's pretty good. The only thing I saw was the electrical panel probably needs to be upgraded. But, again, the house works. But um, How was the house? I think it was like a 60s or 70s. Um, but it was a three, two. And right now, as you know, a lot of hedge funds are gobbling up houses and mm-hmm. a lot of people are buying, looking for homes in Mesa. And even if I just put it back on the MLS, like, you know, clean it out, relist it, which is something if we're going to, I think we're going to close next Thursday or Friday. I'll know tomorrow at title with Cherie, which she's been on the show too. Sure. I gave her, I gave her a lot of my escrows. Um, she's like, she just got the death certificate from him and she's just looking at everything. She said, by tomorrow she'll know if it's good. I said, okay. Um, and if everything looks good, I'll close next week. Um, I locked up the house for three hundred thirty thousand because awesome, I thought yeah. you know roof's good, AC's good, it's not that bad. The house was clean; it wasn't trashed. What um, were some of the comps going for? Like I saw I saw conservatively like three eighty. Um, I saw some for four and a quarter. Um, those had like garages and t- pools, but I can enclose the garage cheap. I just have to. There's already one wall up, so I just yeah. got to fur out the end, which is like maybe five hundred bucks, and I got to put a door on it, maybe another fifteen hundred. So two grand, I can make a garage. And then I gotta like do a little bit of work, but I mean, even if I put in fifteen grand, twenty grand, I don't have to put that much into it. I could probably sell it at four ten, four fifteen, which is still forty, fifty thousand dollars to flip it, which is nothing to be ashamed of. And in fact, the reason I made him that offer is one, I probably maybe could have got him to like three fifteen or three twenty, but I was just like, let me give him my best offer up front because I don't want to lose this deal. Somebody else who goes, which just happened to a friend of mine, he threw an offer out at like two eighty five. The guy got two eighty nine, took it. And I'm like, really? Four grand? Day, four grand. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even call the guy. He just took the deal. You know what I'm talking about, Scott. Like, mm-hmm. So I didn't want to lose the deal. Somebody else going over there and be like, I'll give you like 325 And I'm like, uh, you know, but I figured 330 was a strong enough offer that they probably wouldn't get a better one. Mm-hmm. So they went with it. So how much would you have to put into that property? Maybe 15, 20? Well, I just said that. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm saying even beyond what you're talking about now, you would just put 15, 20 and then flip from there? I don't even think I have to put that into it because I talk to a hedge fund right now and I'm working with a hedge fund right now because it's vacant and there's yeah. nobody in there. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing with your house. The house I bought from you had yeah. people in there. Yeah. This one's vacant. So it's way easier to sell their hedge fund when it's vacant. Mm-hmm. It's occupied, it's a pain in the butt because yeah. they want to do all their due diligence and all their. But if if Scott got a vacant one, mm-hmm. he couldn't. He didn't have to sell it to me. Yeah, the yeah. reason why I asked that is because I know you described the garage and the door, but I didn't really hear anything. Okay, else. so so basically, so I'll go through the house. So I walk in the front door. It's old, the old shag carpet. You guys know, like the seventies carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, it had the old white. You ever see the cabinets are the old like, like old old like, the thin oak look cabinets yeah. i have pictures of it but um the oak cabinets and it's got like the old doors with the old knobs and everything but again that's an easy flip the drywall is in good condition it was all white the house is all white the windows it's a block home you know the windows are easy to take out and put in um the carport like i said i can convert it to a garage pretty easily i can put a garage door on it um i already had a good block wall i already had a good rv gate like aesthetically the landscaping in front and back is good too yeah. so the roof is good the ac is good so i mean just doing a regular cosmetic remodel, 15, 20 grand. You know what I mean? The only thing that makes a remodel go way up is the roof's bad. The AC's bad. Your garage has to be, you know, reframed in. You've got plumbing issues. you got electrical issues. you got an HVAC that doesn't work. you got duct work. That's where it gets 30, 40 grand. People yeah. are, so if it's just cosmetic, cosmetic's only like 20, 25K. There's no pool. I don't have to put a pool pump in it. I don't have to do anything crazy. What about like foundational issues? Foundation can cost you a little bit, but foundation's still cheaper. Well, I don't want to say that it depends on the foundation 
So if you're talking about a little crack that you can grind down and seal, no. But if you're talking about a huge crack, a good rule of thumb is if the crack is bigger than like two inches, it's probably going to cost you a lot. But if it's a little one, they can grind it, seal it with concrete, and level it, you're okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this question, Scott. You know, Justin said that he was able to spot, let's say, a potential uh, property mm-hmm. by noticing that there were some things going on out, out front. There's a bin out there, someone selling some stuff. What do you look for when you're going through your door knocking, you're, you're scouting, um, you're looking at prospects? So if I'm not taking a big group out and I'm just driving around, I have like a, an app or I'm a realtor too. So I, there's like a, you can pull foreclosures, right? And pre-foreclosures, knock on their door, go directly to the seller, just knock on the doors, you know, offer different solutions for them. Um, what we've been doing the past few weeks is just get a group of 10 of us and just door knock the whole neighborhood. And that's how, you know, Justin got his deal. That's how I got my deal a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I sold to Justin. So, yeah, I've heard a couple of things as far as that people will look at the roof and will notice if it's has signs of being neglected or, yeah. you know, the yard itself, um, just general signs of like uninterest and up- upkeep. Yeah. Like weeds in the front yard. Yeah, they're like weeds. six feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen one where like the exterior is just chipping off, like just real beat up. The paint's real beat up, Mm -hmm. but that also could be a person who's just poor that doesn't have the money to fix it. So you could get somebody who's like, yeah, I don't want to sell. So these are, they're, they're not necessarily a hundred percent. There are ways like strategies, like what Scott said, where you can look up foreclosures, pre foreclosures, hit people up, but you also get a lot of people like fuck off. Don't talk to me. Like Mm -hmm. leave me alone. Like don't talk to me. I'll just let my home foreclose. Yeah. One one of the guys, when I knocked on his door, he was just like, "Uh, yeah, 500,000 just closed the door on me. Well, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of people. Like, this is the truth. And I told Scott, I'm like, door knocking is tough. Mm-hmm. I like PPC better. Like I was telling you that earlier. Yeah. I did a PPC campaign, made a lot of money, um, but it costs money to do that. Mm-hmm. So a PPC campaign is gonna cost you three, four, five, ten grand. So what Scott's teaching, and I think it's cool of him, is he's like, hey, you want to start with no money? This is an option. Mm-hmm. But if you have the money, which I do, and that's why, hypothetically, why I did, I did it because I wanted to see if it worked. In mm. fact, and it worked, yeah. right? I'm here to tell you I'm a freaking believer. But again, easy money costs money, okay? Look at any business, right? Any business that markets, they make money from their marketing. But again, if you don't have money out there, if you're like, hey, I'm poor, I don't have any money, but I can go buy some business cards on Vistaprint for 20 bucks and go out and hand them out and go do some, you know, some flyers, then do it because I have a friend, my buddy Tommy. And in fact, we should get Tommy on the show. He's Cherie's uh, dude, and I think Tommy would be good. Good. Tommy has locked. Wasn't he up. supposed to be on with her? Tommy mm-hmm. locked up. Yeah. Um, no, you don't want them together on this. Show. <laughs> no, no, you no, don't. You don't want them together on the no, show. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to be clear. No, I don't want them on the show because both of them will want screen time. They're going to like fight over the screen, the time. You know what I mean? They're going to like, what? And then they hit him and. They're going to fight over it. So, yeah, I, I mean, even I think Sheree would agree with me if she listens to the show. And she'll be like, yeah, I don't necessarily want both. You know, it's good to have one guest. If we have two, we also need another mic and we need another hookup. We yeah. need to do all that. So if we're going to do double guests, let's, we can do that. Yeah. But it's got to be a different setup. Yeah. We, okay. can't just, we can't be having too many people on here. though. Nobody will get a word in. Yeah. But back to what we're talking about is Tommy went out. And this is no BS. He went on his block. He lives in a cul-de-sac. He knocked mm-hmm. on every single door. This is literally what he did. He got two deals in eight houses. He knocked on That's all the awesome. houses. It didn't happen in the first month. It didn't mm-hmm. happen in the second month. It didn't happen in the third month. But after about six months, 
a guy was in this is a true story. Guy's in Australia. Guy was a Hispanic dude and he was living in Australia. And I don't know what he was doing in Australia. All I know is he was in Australia. Um and Tommy's like, Hey man, can you Justin, can you call this guy for me and like see? So I called the guy up and the guy's like, No, I'm gonna sell it to Tommy because I wanted to see if he would sell to me. Mm-hmm. And the guy built enough for Tommy built enough rapport with the guy. The guy's like, No, I just want to deal with Tommy. Cool, great. Actually, Tommy's right here with me. <laughs> and the guy's like, Oh shit, oh, what's up, Tommy? And uh, Tommy's like, thanks for being loyal to me, bro. He's like, no, no, no problem. So Tommy ended up getting this house. They're doing it. They're doing the remodel right now. 280 grand. Comp on it, 550. Now they're dumping dumping 120 into it. They're going to make maybe 150. That was from a door knock. Okay. Second deal they got. So during my wedding, remember when they came up to me and they got me a house on, remember Swallow? Yeah. That's from Tommy. Yeah. They made 70 grand on that deal selling it to me. Wow. Okay. Then- the house they're living in right now that they're renting, that house the guy wants to sell to them too. And they did about five or six other deals on the like re-wholesale five, six, ten other homes last year too. So when I say anybody can do it, anybody can do it. I've seen it. I've watched people who had, you know, a mentality of, oh man, this is hard. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen people actually like stop. This is one advice I have. Stop complaining. Take action. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Like I had to tell this guy today. He's like talk, calling me up, and I'm like, he's just complaining to me. And I'm like, bro, I don't care. I don't want to fucking hear it. Don't complain. I don't want to hear it. I hate complaining. Like, let me tell you this. Just go fucking get a job. Then you want to complain? You want? Well, you're poor. You don't have money. You don't have a girlfriend. You don't have a wife. You don't have kids. Go get a fucking job and get the fuck out of my face. I fucking hate complainers. This is what I love. People that do what they say and act in faith. People that act without thinking are stupid. And there's a reason why I have mad respect for Scott. I, Scott's new. I've been doing this for since 2005. I've been a multimillionaire for 15 years. But... I don't, I've always kind of stayed in like relaxed, kind of not gone out. I don't really like a lot of people knowing what I have. I've always kind of kept a lower profile than a lot of people I know. But a lot of it has to do with just my, the way I personally think. But I have, out of all the people on the show, everybody on the show is awesome, by the way. Anybody, everybody who's come on my show, I think what, 15 plus people have been on this show. I have mad respect for everybody who's been on the show, whether they're title company, whether they're flipping, whether they're wholesaling, whether they're the hard money lender. They're a pastor of a church. They, you know, whatever MO they are. But I have something to say. This is something that's more. Everybody who's on the show, most of them are millionaires. Okay? Not Jared, but obviously (laughs) Jared's up front about that. But almost all of them are millionaires or pretty dang good on money. This is what's very important right now. This is is an integral spot. Okay? Scott came in the game. Scott's full-time teacher, dad, three kids. And Scott is now, people I know are like, hey, oh, you're working with Scott? Damn, he's crushing it. Think about that. A guy that nobody knew a year ago, really, is now like, oh, you're working with Scott? Oh, shit, I heard he's crushing it. (laughs) Right? So tell me, Scott, really tell me, what's your mindset? 
Um, well, uh, I grew up doing martial arts. My dad got me started in judo when I was three. I was a national champion, a world champion. So um, coming from that background of like winning championships, you have to visualize things before they come to pass, right? And then you see yourself in the tournament. You see yourself up on the war scene. You see yourself um, getting first place. And so it's the same thing at real estate. You have to visualize, set your goals, write them down. Then you just, you know, faith without works is dead, right? So you, you write it down. You have the faith. Then you have to put in the work because if you don't put in the work, you know, you wrote down. Um, if you don't put in the work, it won't happen. So then you got to put in the work. And a lot of times people won't see you doing the work. Um, that's why I like to document things like on Facebook, Instagram. You know, you know, I'll document, hey, we're door, door knocking. Hey, we got a deal. We're picking up this 3,300-square-foot house for 185000 Documenting the flip, right? And then, like, uh, one of the deals, I bought a military base last year. One of my friends I hadn't seen from high school. He's like, who do I know in Arizona that does real estate? Oh, Scott does real estate. Maybe you can have, help my half-sister, whose dad passed away, left her 77 properties. I called her up, and she's like, you know what? I like you. You can have the military base. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, there's 16 army barracks on, on – seven acres, just pay the $4,100 in tax liens and you can have it. So I, I, by the time I got through title, it was like five, five grand. Hold up a second. Hold up, Scott. Okay. Did you just hear that? Oh, yeah. What did he say? Oh, he just literally called up someone who he got a referral through and he was able to buy a military barracks. How, how much was it? Five grand. For total. five grand. Yeah. Okay. That's and then, crazy. All right. So I just want, I just want the, the listeners to, to really hear this right now. $5,000. I bet everybody that is on this podcast can come up with five grand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Scott, keep going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they had like old fire trucks on there. I bought, bought $500 old fire truck, old bus, 500 bucks. There was an airplane that they owned. Um, other people bought the airplane, but uh, they had like a bunch of goodies. He was an army surplus uh, store owner. So he had a bunch of stuff stored inside the military barracks. And then I ended up flipping that and the, uh, Sold it for thirty nine thousand real quick, and yeah. So, how much profit did you make? Uh, by the time, by the time we paid the the realtor, the other realtor, their fees, it was about um, about close to about thirty two thousand. Okay. And how what was the timeline? What was your timeline? oh? Let's see. It was um, I bought it in? I think we closed in February last year. Okay. And then when I I was going to keep it, but then I was like, well, I want to do some more stuff with the money, and then. The, we met with the city people, and they, they wanted to charge us a bunch to put water in, road, and all that. And I'm like, oh, it's going to cost a few million dollars to turn into a mobile home park, was what we, we thought. So I said, well, I'll just so, – you know, the military, too, they want to do soil testing. And, you know, you learn a lot. I lived on a military base. I, I, I totally understand Yeah, that. they dump stuff or yeah. different things. So they, with all that process, I was like, well, I'll just, you know, sell it, put on the MLS real quick and, and sell it. So after, so when did you sell it? How long did you take? To sell it? Um, let's see, bought uh, February, sold in November. Okay, so you waited about a, eight months, nine months. Yeah, yeah. And you made like thirty grand. Yeah. Okay. But now you're doing a deal. You're making fifty k in yeah. like a month. Yeah, with you fifty five. Yeah. Okay. So let's think about that. Have you learned a lot now? Oh yeah. From when you started that. Definitely. Now? Yes. Mm-hmm. So think about that for a second. <clears throat> One man's treasure is another man's nightmare. Mm-hmm. One man's nightmare is another man's treasure. Every deal is not bad. If someone says, oh, I'm sick of this and shit, I'm done with it, that doesn't mean there's no money in it. That just means it's not theirs no more. They don't want it no more. 
um, it's like a vehicle, right? You get a vehicle, you've had it for 10 years, you're done, you want to sell it. Yeah. There's there's value if that car is taken care of and well written, especially now after COVID, you can sell a car for almost what you bought it for five years ago. But what's in what's crazy to me is that there's so many people out there that are listening. They're like, how do I get started? What do I do? What do I do? And the truth is, there's right in front of you, you're hearing from a guy who literally bought a deal for less than five grand. Even if he sold it in November and made five, ten, five, six times his money, if he can do it, anybody can do it. Anybody. Anybody can do it. Right. There's, there's one point that I do want to make, though. Um, you said that this was a contact through someone who reached out to you because they knew you did real estate. Yeah, they, they've been watching my Facebook and right. you know, knew I did real estate. So I think building up a presence or people who know that you do that is going to help your cause. It's going to help you put you in front of the right people Definitely. in order for people to feel confident enough to say, hey, I got some properties. You're in the real estate. Let's talk. So yes and no. doesn't always take that. You could literally go in your neighbor and knock on doors, find mm-hmm. a guy who's like, hey, I'm a real estate investor. I own 30 houses. Uh, yeah, I want to sell one. You know, I, I heard of a lady who literally didn't knew no nobody. She'd know her knock. She met a person. They gave her her first deal. They did a sub two deal where basically they wrapped the loan where she assumed the payments on the house and she fixed up and sold it. That's what I'm doing right now. We, are, we door knocked <laughs> a house, a triplex and a single family. Mm-hmm. Well, we were door knocking and then uh, we knocked on one door. And the the lady was like, no, thank you. Older, no gracias. And this Mexican lady, older Mexican lady came out. And then her grandson came around. I was like, oh, man, is this guy, is he mad or what? Because he came sprint towards our car. And he's like, you know, you know, knocking on the window. And we're like, what? Um, hey, how's it going? How's it going? He's like, oh, you want to buy a house? We're like, yeah. He goes, I got a crappy house for you. I was like, can I, okay, can, can we follow? I like how you open. I was like, I got a crappy house for you. I was like, okay, can we follow you? So we, he hops in his tr- truck and then we follow. drive drive a mile. And then he shows us his house, and then yeah. I was like, "How much you want for it?" He said, 20 grand." I go, yeah. uh, "Would you take 17?" He said, "Yeah." So then we got that. And he's like, "Oh, I got another friend in town. Let me go show you." So you hear this? so we followed him over, and he showed us this triplex and a single family on a half acre. And the guy, the way he advertised, was just like a little flyer in the window, 179 thousand, right? So I talked to him. I was like, "Hey, would you do seller financing?" I got him down to 125 thousand. And uh, he's okay. I'll do seller financing. I just want twenty five thousand down. So another friend that's been watching me on Facebook, she, she was like, "Hey, I want to. I'm interested in doing real estate. I want to learn with you." And I was like, "Hey, um, you want to be my private money lender?" So she put the twenty five grand down, and we bought the house. Wow! And we're fixing it up right now. It's a triplex, single family home. The triplex. It's an interesting story. It was owned by a famous lady. She was a Civil War hero named Pauline Cushman. She she was a famous singer, and then she fought for the Union Army. She go into the confederate side would sing songs and she'd go and steal the coordinates where they're going to attack and give it to the union army oh, wow they caught her and they were going to hang her and then union army came and saved her so her third husband they moved out to florence right by the the train st- uh, station um back in the day and they ran a bed and breakfast there and that was her house damn yeah it's so that house has some house. history behind it oh, yeah. you could have sold it with some history with it oh well yeah we, we still have it so yeah. we're fixing it up and okay um i mean but yeah. here's the, here's the thing too that's got you know, here's the other thing is like Scott met me, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, hey, Scott, I, you know, I got money and this and that. Scott hit me up and said, hey, I need to get a loan on a New Mexico deal, mm-hmm. right? Yep, we got a deal out there. And Scott asked me, he's like, hey, do you have any um, people you know that would do a deal like this? And I said, actually, I know two. So I gave him Anchor mm-hmm. and then I gave him, you know, one of my contacts. So I won't name on the show, but 
Um, I gave him another contact, and then I told Scott, I said, hey, just keep this between us. This is a connection. This is very, like, you know, our relationship. And I emailed the lender, and the guy got back with Scott in, I think, a day with terms. Mm -hmm. And Scott's like, let's do it. And now he's going to fund the whole deal pretty much for Scott. Mm -hmm. And then when Scott's halfway done with the rehab, he'll get the rest of the money. And pretty much Scott can flip the seal with none of his own money and make Mm -hmm. 70, 80 grand just off of a connection. So it it goes back to I don't agree with the mentality of, oh, you have to know someone because that is completely incorrect. If you go out and you network, you just door knock, you talk to people, you go to meetup groups. I mean, dude, Azaria is another meetup group in Arizona. Mm -hmm. I know a friend of mine that went there, met a guy who's like, he met a guy who bought a house and just didn't want to deal with it no more. So this guy walked up, friend of mine, he walked up to me, he goes, I'll buy your house, but I need financing, but I'll go, re- I'll rehab the house myself. You know, I'll buy my own materials. I'll pay for everything. You just have to finance the house for me. The guy goes, you know what? If you do, if you want to do that, you fix it all up. I just want the listing. The investor just wanted the list and make it 6%. Wow. And the guy goes, okay, no problem. Everybody's happy. So he fixed the house up. They sold the house for eight fifty. Nice. He sold it to him for five. It was in Arcadia, okay? Um, my friend said he spent 60-something thousand on the remodel because he did pretty much all the work himself. The only thing he didn't do himself was he didn't do, like, the plumbing, the underground plumbing. He didn't do the HVAC. He didn't do the roof, but he did all the drywall, all the painting, all the flooring, cabinets. Um, so he goes, and I did all the landscaping myself, and he just hired a guy to help him with uh, the pool. He made $300,000, and then he had to pay the commission, which was like 6%, so 6 off 8 is like what? How much is that? I don't even know how much it's 50. So he made like 250K off of, it took him like eight months to do the house because it was a lot of work and he had to get permits and stuff. But he made 250 off of a guy who just didn't want to deal with it. Mm. And there's people out there like that who are just done. They mm-hmm. just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, mm. they don't want to deal with the house. So just be, just be aware, like, you could meet someone who's a little old lady who just likes you. You know, mm-hmm. just likes you. You can meet an older gentleman who likes you, who just thinks you're a cool person. Not trying to get with you, but he just you're cool. I like this person. He might be trying to get with you. I met my, <laughs> I met my first real estate investor who's worth forty million. I met him through my friend who I used to party with in my twenties, and the guy that he, shout out his name was Dan Meadows. Dan Meadows was so loaded. I mean, this is how loaded he was. Okay, when I met him. He's like, hey, meet me at this Italian restaurant. It was in Paradise Valley on 32nd Street. And um, what's the street? Is it Glendale? Or it's like whatever street turns into, if you go north on 32nd, it was like a little Italian shop. It was There's a chase in the parking lot. Uh, it's like Bella Di Serino's or something like that. But I, he told me to meet him there. And this is like in 2008. Dude, I met this guy for pasta. I'm going to talk to him on the show about it. And the guy said, after meeting me one time, he goes, let's do one house. I'll fund it. You get it rehabbed and sold. I'll give you 50% of the profit. We'll go 50-50. But I'll pay for everything. The payments, the mortgage, you just got to get it cleaned up. And I go, okay. So I do one deal. We made 85000 on one deal. And this is back then. And so I made $42,000. I'm just going to let you guys know. At that time, that was the fastest $42,000 I ever made. Because I bought the house. We rehabbed it in two weeks. Just was paint carpet. Cleaned the pool. Threw Didn't back need nothing else. No, back then it was like homes were perfect. You were getting perfect houses back then because mm-hmm. they were just foreclosing on everything. Um, I resold the home. You know how I sold the home? A guy came up to me. Hey, you selling this home? And I remember the house. It was in Arrowhead Lakes. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first house I did. And the guy goes, I want to buy it right now. I'm, I'm actually I, I, I'm, I'm fully approved. I got 20% down. I want this house. Because remember, these homes were like five, 600000 Now they're like three ninety nine. dollars I mean, I bought it for two hundred. 
and I'm selling it for like three fifty. So it's good money, huge profit, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, Dan goes, "Here's your check." Now I had no contract with him. I had a handshake deal. Now I don't recommend these, mm-hmm. but this was an older guy. He was very trustworthy. He was a Christian guy. He believed that he had so much money. I didn't think, and I knew his son. But again, he just had a handshake deal with me. And he had that handshake deal with me for like four years. And then he got older and older. And he was just like, I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. But this is what's crazy about this. During my career, during my investment career with him, I made over $4 million. Okay. In a period of four years. So a million a year, basically. Let me tell you something important about this. Okay. You can meet someone through anybody. I met him through a friend I partied with. So back to what you said, Graydon. No, you don't have to be some special dude. Oh, you no, could, I wasn't saying you had to be special. Or you have, I'm, you I'm just simply saying, I, I'm just simply saying but the, I didn't the have networking have, but aspect I didn't, of but it. I, which, but I, I didn't network. I knew the kid party with me. I never knew his dad was right. a millionaire. And that's all I'm asking. But I never is knew. The, is the specifics behind that. Is yeah. What a lot of people don't understand is you can meet people anywhere. Well, your network, chances are everybody on the show knows a millionaire. You know millionaires, right? I do. Okay. You know millionaires, right? Oh, yeah. You're looking at one right now. So think about it. In a circle of like 10 people, there's probably one or two millionaires. Every 10 people, there's one or two millionaires. Every 100 people, there's five to 10 millionaires. Think about that. I mean, real shit. Most people who go to Lifetime Fitness in Gilbert are millionaires or are, are close to that mm-hmm. or they have a house paid off or whatever. You go to Biltmore Lifetime, there's a lot of millionaires. I met a guy at the Biltmore Lifetime mm-hmm. the other day. He goes, yeah, yeah, I did $20 million last year, like all in the DL. Like I was talking about his business. He goes, well, I actually sell education and I sell books to universities and I have this business. I have an online business here and I have a portal here and I do this and I do like this and I do this and I edit books and I fix books and I do the updates. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, you know how every year they update books? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I don't read enough books to, <laughs> to know this. He goes, well, every year there's an addition, and I get paid to do those. I go, and what do they pay? He goes, well, I get a percentage of the books that sell. I go, how much is that? He goes, well, the last book I did for a university, I made uh, 380000 I go, what? You made three eighty on a book? that you didn't even sell, you don't own the book, you just edit the book, and then you get a piece of the revenue? Yeah, that's what I do, yeah. What? So, <laughs> I hate to say this, but this is really real shit. I called an engineering firm the other day. I go, hey man, I'm just curious. You know, he's like, well, I'm backed up about six months. I go, what's your average you know, deal? And he goes, well, you know, he starts talking to me. He's like, what do you need me for? And I was like, apartment complex, I wanna build more units, and he goes, yeah, I'm the wrong guy for that. I only do like 16, 20, 30, 40, 50 million, 100 million, 200 million buildings. I go, how much money is in this? He goes, we can't find enough people to hire right now. There's a shortage of people for engineering. Mm. I go, so what does your company do? He goes, oh, last year we did 180 million in profit. What the fuck? Like, this is somebody in our own backyard. Talked to an architect firm. Was trying to get an architect to help me out besides a draftsman. Guy was like, yeah, I don't do anything under 250 units. What? What do you charge? One percent, okay. What's your minimum deal? Twenty million. Wow. So you make it two million dollars designing it. Awesome. And he includes everything. You know the engineering and everything. He has everybody in house. Bro, that's one little project. He goes, yeah. And each project takes about a month and a half, two months to do. 
So he takes on a, th- uh, he did the Sky Harbor, you know how they did the edition? He mm-hmm. goes, yeah, I did the edition for Sky Harbor. All chill, the guy's like 70. He's like, yeah, I did that too. How much was, was that? Oh, it's a government contract. Yeah, but well, well, I'm all curious because I'm, I'm just like, I just love the knowledge. Yeah. He goes, well, you seem like a nice guy, I'll tell you. He goes, we did it, uh, we did a, you know, we gave him a deal. I go, what was the deal? He goes, half a percent. Oh, you did government contract for half a percent. How much was the total contract. investment? He goes, in the billions. Wow. So half a percent of a billion, would you take it? Yeah. If you could do that? Yeah. So do the math. So what I'm getting at is for the viewer and the listeners, there's money in everything. Mm-hmm. It's not just, don't you just have to do real estate, you know? Like you don't just have to do real estate. But real estate is one of those businesses that's that most people who don't have, who aren't the Kevin Hart's, the Rock's, the freaking Sean Connery's, the Bruce Willis's, those, the famous icon people, the basketball player. If you're just a regular Joe, Real estate's the easiest way to get rich out of all of them. That's a lot of game. Your response, Scott? Um, yeah, like he was saying, you know, we, we have social media. Now, my, my first wholesale deal came from social media. Uh, we just had a baby, and my wife was breastfeeding, and I, I was listening to all this education. And she's like, look, stop listening to all this education. Go out and do a deal. She was in a yard sale site, and she saw – Someone said, hey, I want to sell my house for faster cash. And all these realtors responded. So I messaged. She's like, here. My wife texted me, the lady. Um, and she said, message this lady. I messaged her. Um, made friends with her. Built rapport. And then we did a contract. I made thirteen grand. I bought the house for 125000 Made thirteen grand, And that was my first wholesale deal. And up until then, I was driving Uber, Lyft, before school, on the weekends. and uh, How long did it take anyway, you to from... The start to the complete of that deal. How long did it take you? Um, but so I talked to her, and then a week later, um, signed the contract. Right, we went to their house, signed the contract, and then it took fourteen days after that. And I had to check my to get my yeah. Wow. And up until then, like thirteen grand is what I made driving part time for Uber and Lyft, and that deal only took me five hours, and it was in the Facebook yard sale site. So I was like, okay, I need to shift my focus. You know. So now knowing what you know, what are your goals in this space? Like, what do you really want to achieve? Like, I'm, I'm pretty clear as to what Justin wants mm-hmm. to achieve with his business, but what about you? I like to have, um, you know, multifamily, um, income coming in, uh, cash flow, uh, more rental properties, and then, uh, yeah, more, more fix and flips that we've been doing. Absolutely. So, yeah. Creating that uh, rent portfolio. Definitely. And absolutely. I was supposed to buy a fourplex last week. And it caught on fire. That's like, what I want to do. Yeah, uh, yeah that's what I want to do. Week before we were going to close, uh, the plumber was messing. I was doing some work and caught the bottom unit on fire. Top unit went up in flames. That the firefighters had to cut a fifty square foot house uh, foot hole in the roof to let the ventilation out. And so I canceled that deal because they wouldn't lower the price anymore. Even if it, even, even it if caught, it went into fire. Yeah, even oh, though it caught yeah. on fire. Yeah, so, I'm out of that deal. Yeah. But that deal didn't really make sense with the HOA too. Yeah, the HOA was. I think it was meant to be. I think it was meant to be. You didn't buy it. Yeah. Because it was seven hundred a month. Yeah, for the HOA had to pay the HOA for his four bikes. I wouldn't want to pay a seven hundred dollar HOA. How does that affect you guys? Is it affects the cash flow a lot. That's like yeah. a that's like a half a unit yeah. cover. You know. Yeah. It, I mean, it used to be a full unit, but now it's like a half. So you guys search for properties that have no HOA. I mean, no, not necessarily, but HOAs are definitely a huge negative if you want cash flow. I mean, HOAs, unless it's a cheap HOA, like 50, 60 bucks, but if it's a high 253, 400, they don't want it. Even the hedge funds don't want it. Nobody really wants a high HOA because that lo- you're already paying taxes. You're already paying insurance. Then you're paying an HOA. 
it's kind of too much. So I think most of the most of the houses I have, I don't have HOA stuff. And then the thing is too, if you buy homes, you don't have to deal with them telling you like, oh, you can't do it this color, you can't do it that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, you you change your window size because you had to order windows quick and. Your window's a little, so you, draw, you stuck with it. No, you can't do that. I need to, it's called architectural design layouts. They send you a form and you have to fill it out. And then they have so long. I, I have a house in Gilbert, the one on Swallow I'm doing. Dude, they like, I sent the HOA form like two weeks ago. They still, they wrote me back. Hi, we're still reviewing. I'm like, two weeks? Why do you have to review this for two weeks? What? Mm-hmm. Mm. What? Well, if you would have picked the normal colors, you could have been approved in a week. I go, this is the normal color. She goes, yeah, but you did it backwards. You did it backwards. You took the trim color and wore it on the base. And then you did the <laughs> – <laughs> yeah. I can't even tell how ridiculous it is. It's yeah, like, HOAs can be a pain. Oh, uh, they're, they're a pain. Yeah, I, I don't think – I mean, you know, my little experiences with HOA, I did not have a great experience. So I couldn't imagine what it's like for an investor to have to I mean, they send that. you a letter if your cans are out like – at in the morning like i remember i luckily don't live in an hoa but i remember i had my garbage can out and i had an hoa guy like drive by in his little smart car and these guys are all like little assholes mm-hmm. he comes up he goes your your trash cans he gives me a 15 dollars fine here's your trash cans are not in the they're still viewable yeah so you got to take your trash cans and put them behind your gate mm-hmm so I live in a neighborhood where I don't have an HOA. I put them right behind my truck. You don't even really see them, and it doesn't really matter. And it's a lot easier than unlocking my gate because I have a pool. So I, have to, I don't keep my gate unlocked. So I have to unlock my gate, go through my gate, get in my gate, then lock the lock back up, then go to the trash cans, and then go. It was such a pain in the ass. Um, I'm gonna have to do that in my new house, but I'm gonna just probably pay my stuff. <laughs> so what's the argument for an HOA as far as why you would want to invest in a property that has one? Um, there's positives. The positives are people can't just paint their house yellow, you know, like just decrease it. You can't p- drive your cars in the grass, which the attacks the property value. Yeah, yeah. You can't have junk in your yard or it has, its pl- it has its pluses. It also is extremely annoying. I personally like rental properties in neighborhoods that are clean, but they're not HOA. So like neighborhoods where people are all like keep their house tidy, but they don't have an HOA. Um, but an HOA also sucks if you want to Airbnb something. Because you're in an HOA, you have an Airbnb, they can't, they're like, oh, no, no Airbnbs. Um, so they can tell you you can't do that. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They also can foreclose on you. They can take your house back if you do that. They have a lot of power. Um, in fact, it's kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, there's a, there's, it's a fine line. They're good if you want to live, if you are a person who wants to live in the neighborhood, you're not going to do anything, right? You're not going to, you don't have any plans. You don't really care about changing up the house. You're just like, I come home is what it is. I take my trash and I put away like you're perfect. That's good because they're not going to, your property values will probably go up, right? Cause it's clean. Everything stays the same. The only caveat to that is the amount of income you can make on an HOA is limited as far as Airbnb rental, even rentals. Uh, Michael was talking about that where his house, you can't rent your house out for less than 30 days. So if you want to rent out your house for like $30,000 for a weekend because you're having the Super Bowl and everybody's coming to your city, you can't, you can't. That's crazy. So that's the thing. So there's pros and cons to it. There's pros and cons to it, mm. for sure. Yeah, my first uh, flip, we lived in the house. It's in Gilbert. And then the the people that were going to buy it said, can we park our work truck out there? And, you know, you drive around the neighborhood, you see plenty of, like, work trucks, work cars. And they, they always said, no, you know, you can't have a work car. And they, so the the seller's like, okay, we don't want this place anymore. And, yeah, they ruined the, they ruined the sale of that deal. Damn. So you guys will actually have to compete against HOA policy in a lot of times 
to, if you get the property or not depends on if the the potential buyer is okay with that. You yeah. also got to go to the HOA to approve solar <clears throat> panels. The HOA has to like approve <clears throat> your panels and where they are, which can affect that too. Because I put solar in my house and I have an HOA, so I was good. But I know people are like, you can't have your panels on the front of the house. You have to put it on the back of the house. And you're like, well, the sun's in the front. Like I make better electricity in yeah. the front of the house. And the HOA is like, no, in the back. So just stuff like that. It's like, ugh. but here's a fine line, right? So. We all know that there's controlling parties in real estate mm-hmm. that can control things. The city also can control you, too. The city mm-hmm. can come in and say, like, city of Phoenix, I own properties. There's weeds, like, let's say, out front five feet high. And I'm, like, remodeling. Get a city notice. Yeah, get a city mm-hmm. notice. And they're like, hey, you got weeds out front. This is a hazard. Get rid of it. But here's what's funny. Here's a caveat, right? So I get those notices if I have an LLC. But if I'm a personal name on it, they don't notice me. They don't send them to me. But if it's in, and this is straight up from the city of Phoenix, from the city go where all these. If you have an LLC, they're gonna hammer you more than if you're a per, you have your name on the deal. Mm. Why is that? Because they know LLC has money. Mm-hmm. They know that you probably have more money than a homeowner. So I had a house in Phoenix. I actually did this. It's a true story. I knocked on the door. This little lady, her roof was falling in, guys. Like her roof caved in. Jeez. Mm. And I'm like, hey, this is a hazard for you. Like you, you're living. She goes, I live here. I don't care. I just sleep in the bedroom. This is in the kitchen. Mm. Why would you want to not be able to get in your kitchen? Your roof is caved in in the kitchen. Don't worry about it. This is what she told me. This is years ago. So I called City Phoenix to see if I could like get her, get them to come in and like kick her out and then buy the house. City Phoenix never went to the house. Never got on her ass. Nothing, dude. I and the home eventually sold. Somebody ended up, ended up buying it. She just didn't sell it to me. I'm butthurt. Fuck that lady. Anyway, <laughs> but the, <laughs> the property. Ultimately, if it's owner and LLC, they're more likely to come at you than if you own it in your personal name. And that's a fact. And I talked to a city person. They're like, well, yeah, that's what we do because it's a business versus a personal. I'm like, that's bullshit. And the city has a right to you know, take more punitive action if you don't cooperate with it, right? Like, because if you're, you're an well, LLC. Because you're not – well, they know you're going to flip it or they know you're going to do something with it. So their chances are like, oh, he's going to rent it or he's going to flip it. Mm-hmm. Now – can the city come after you and foreclose on your property? No, they cannot foreclose on you only for property taxes, but they can leave that lien on title. So if you ever decide to sell it, it's on there permanently. That's the only thing that sucks. Damn. They'll even get get on you like a Mesa. They have those uh, places in the back alley where the garbage trucks used to go through. Yeah. So if there's weeds in the alley, you know, they'll, they'll, the city will write you a call you, call your cell phone or write you a letter and tell you to cut the weeds so in the back. So you know? do people put let's say LLC names on the titles just to avoid that? Or is there some way that people would do something like that? No, you just put in your name. Just put in your name. And then they're less likely to know. Um, But anytime you transfer title, they're going to show up. So this is literally, I know this guy talked to city employees and they're like, yeah, the minute there's a change notice, they drive by. Mm -hmm. It's just in their system. It might be a month. It might be two months. It might be five months, but they're going to drive by. So I just got a notice. Giselle me just opened up. She opened up a, a letter and it said, like, hey, I have a house in North Phoenix. Yeah. And it's like, your weeds are in your trash. Yeah. Front. I told Adam, like, six months, this is how great my, my project manager is. He's like, I'm like, hey, throw out the trash. No one's going to say anything. Yeah, dude. They are. Now there's a notice. Get it cleaned up in a week. And I'm like, Adam, you could have done this. I told you this three months ago to get it out of there. Mm-hmm. So kind of annoying. Like, when you when I deal with people on my team, they're like, well, no, until, they, until there's a problem, we're not going to do anything. It's like. Yeah fucking be preventative you know that's like a doctor like goes hey you know what you got prostate cancer you're like no fuck it i don't have prostate cancer <laughs> and then six months later you're like <clears throat> you're throwing up you're you're freaking all your fucked up and sucks. you're like yeah you're <laughs> 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 
what I'm getting at is preventative maintenance all the way. Yeah. So I think, number one, that's a good point. And a lot of people <clears throat> getting into the investment realm, I think a lot of them, they have to take preventative measures because there's only one time they can have to fuck up because they're just getting into it, right? You can make one real mistake. But as you get better at it and you start increasing your portfolio, it's like you can afford to make a little bit more mistakes. Yeah. When I when I was getting started, I wanted to learn like how to work on flips and do things. So I even bought one like a mile away from here in Scottsdale. It was a mobile home park just like a mile to the right over there. And um, yeah, learned, you know, flooring. Uh, that, that one was pretty cool because when you buy these places and um, someone passes away, they leave all their stuff. So we got like old Star Trek figurines that we sold on eBay. We got hey, I'm old a records. Huge Trekkie, so if oh, you yeah. come across some Trek stuff, hit oh, yeah. me up. He had a bunch of stuff <laughs> there. And uh, yeah, I mean, they had like, you know, I get a lot of old tools. I get tools from uh, places. They had like old records, all sorts of cool stuff in there. So, what happens to the properties inside when people do pass away? Do they, I mean, I'm sure a family member yeah, come yeah. in. Yeah, family and, comes or, in. Okay, I'm yeah. just making sure. Like yeah. their family came in and Clean you know, everything out. Yeah, we're, we, we problem solve, right? So, um, the family was really grateful that we bought that place, you know, and they're like in tears. Um, and they say it was just hard because every time they walk in the house, you know, they had to go through grandpa's stuff and see. And then I was like, you know what, just leave everything there. What you take, what you want. They had like antique furniture wow. in there. They had a bunch of stuff. And, um, and you know, the, the roof was coming out and there's some black mold and different things. So, you know, you problem solve. You're like, we'll, we'll take care of all that stuff. Don't worry. You know, don't worry. And that's, you know, that's like, oh, it's a big relief for the family. Right. Even this house I was selling to Justin, the grandma had passed away. And they were like, well, we're so grateful for you. You know, you, you know, I even got filmed a testimony. Whenever I, I sell a deal, I get testimonies from the people too. They're like, hey, you know, thank you. You problem solved this, you know, because they're they going to have to, they had six people living there and they, there's, you know, things that need to be fixed up and they don't know how to fix things up. And so, you know, we come in, we offer them cash offer. It's kind of awesome. crazy. It's kind of crazy what he said is because, so I've done a lot of deals and I've had people tell me that too, like especially out of state or here. We're like, oh, thank you so much. My thing is like, I'm always doing so many deals. I don't always have that time. This guy has thoughts a little bit more tune, like gets with them people. And, all, and that's a great policy. In fact, we should probably do that with this guy, that the third Avenue one, because yeah. it's, you know, he's like, all he was just telling me that on the phone. And I'm like, yeah, if I got this video live, this would be a great testimony. Definitely. But I believe what Scott's saying is that this is not about oh I'm fucking people over like mm -hmm. I'm giving them really shitty offers so I can make money it's it's about a win win and, and I think excuse me I think what it the problem the misconception a lot of people have is oh you're fucking people over you're mm -hmm. selling you're buying their home too cheap yeah you're making all this money and the truth is you're not really screwing people over they told you they want this much they took the deal if you take it and you wholesale and make money that's not anybody's fault that you're capitalizing on what you have your knowledge. If somebody buys a business for a million dollars and knows how to take that business to a hundred million, should you be mad that you sold it for a million and they made a hundred? No, you got your million dollars. You should be happy with where you're at. Mm -hmm. If you always try to count, so I have a true story that's just happened to me. And I have mad respect for this guy I do business with because this is what he told me. And I'm here to say this on live freaking podcast. This is real shit. This really happened. This just happened. And I was scared to tell this guy this because the concept is, oh, you made money off me? You know, in the wholesale business, I sell your property and then you yeah. go make 30 grand. It's like, fuck you, man. You pay me 30 grand. But this is what happened. So about a month ago, a buddy of mine called me up and he's like, hey, got this shitty house, piece of shit in Phoenix. Do you want it? I would sell it to you for 125K. I'm like, 
let me go look at it. So I go and actually, and this is follow up, fortune to follow up. He mm-hmm. forgot to call me. I called him the day he was going to the house. Like, well, actually, I'm going there at 1.30. You want to come meet me there? So I got to the property on 10th Avenue. And I walked in. I met the I met this guy and the girl. I pretended I was the contractor. And I rolled in and I'm like, actually, I'm a general contractor, so I wasn't really pretending, but I was, you know, whatever. I didn't, you know, you know how it is. Just play the real role play. You don't want to tell somebody, oh, I'm gonna buy the home from this guy. So I walked the house and I played the contract role, which I know a shitload about construction. So I was like, okay, I'm just talking. The people love me. They're like, cool, we're good, we know everything. And then the seller came, then the seller, so it was her daughter and her daughter's husband, they're moving to Nashville. And then he was talking to me. He's like, yeah. He's like, and then he showed up later. He's like, hey, hey, bro, I'm, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm like, I, pff, I don't give a shit. These, the two couple, the couple I was talking to was cool as fuck. So I had a good conversation. I was like, yeah, we could tear this down, put a four blocks up. I really pushed that. And realistically, you could. But I wasn't going to do that because of time and permits and all that shit. I wanted to make a quick buck. I thought I'd just clean it, put it back on the market. So that was originally my plan. Clean it up, fix it up, sell it. Well, the comp was like 330, 340. But it needed a good fifty, sixty, maybe seventy thousand dollars in repairs, and I was like, "Well, you know." What? And I called my contractor. My contractor actually never made it, so I had a contractor call, and he just wasn't available to do the house. I said, "Well, then fuck it. I'm going to put it up for wholesale." So I threw it up for wholesale. I threw it on a few websites on a Friday. I put it up online, and I told my wife, "I'm like, I'm going to put it up online. We'll see what happens." By Sunday, I had a contract. Okay, I sold it for two hundred grand, so seventy-five thousand dollars, right? More than what I bought it for. That deal closed at Cherie's office on Monday. Of this last week, this Monday, this Monday, I got the wire. Well, actually, it closed Friday afternoon at four. But you know how it works. After two, your wire cut off. You get your money on Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so everybody out there, if you get it, if a deal closes at four, you get your paid on Monday. <laughs> the wire Fed is not open Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So I get the deal. I get the money. Well, he calls me, bro. How you been? And I'm like, what's up, Tyler? How are you? And he's like, hey man, hey. And I'm like, fuck. I don't know how to tell him this because I thought maybe he like looked up the the deal, but he didn't look up the deal. But my own like fear that he was going to see this. And I made said if I grant on the deal, he sold me that he'd, he'd be, be pissed. All, yeah, I thought he was going to be pissed. I thought human nature, he'd be mad at me. So I go, hey, he missed my birthday, by the way. So he was like kind of like really feeling bad about it. He's like, I missed your birthday. I got you a hundred dollar gift card to Travis Matthew because I love their clothes. And um, he's like, hey, man, I want to take you to lunch. I'm so sorry. My wallet got stolen at LA Fitness. I was in the gym. I got, or EOS Fitness. And I was in the gym working out. And somebody broke in his locker, took his wallet, took his phone the day of my birthday. Hmm. And so he wasn't able to get to my birthday. And I understand. I'm like, you don't have a phone. You don't have a wallet. You don't know where the dress is. You lost everything. You can't get a hold of him. You don't have my number. So he went on Facebook. And I guess he was calling around. He called he, Facebook. He hit me up a few days later. So I didn't know anything till like Monday. He's like, dude, I my phone. I'm so sorry, bro. My phone died. So he had no idea that I made this money. So I was like, hey, I just want you to know, full disclosure, you're probably gonna look it up one day. I made 75k on the deal that you sold me. I thought his reaction was gonna be like, what the fuck? Like I thought he was gonna get pissed. He goes, dude, it's fucking awesome. And I go, what? And he goes, that's fucking awesome. He's like, that was a piece of shit. I'm really proud of you for getting 200 grand. Damn. <laughs> Like he was shocked, mm-hmm. right? And I already closed on the deal. He got his he got his money, right? He didn't not make any money. Um, he made his money, I made my money. But here's the point. This just happened to me again on Tuesday. I called Adam. I said, Hey, I got a house. So that wholesaler that bought the house, I ended up there's a long story that happened. A lot of stuff went on during this trans trans I just don't want to get into it. But I met another wholesaler who sent me a deal for three eighty recently. Okay, in Phoenix. I go all right, let me go look at it. Sunday morning, dude, I, I drove out there early, like 6.30 in the morning. There's no key. There's no lockbox. The tenants broke back into the property. 
I didn't know this. I found out this later. But there's there's like three cars in there, and they had a truck here blocking the the driveway, and then two cars in there, and then the AC's on. And I'm like, the AC's on. This is weird. I thought it was vacant. So I call the guy up, and he's like, hey, man. It's like 730 in the morning. He's like, hey, I don't know. This is a deal I got from this realtor and blah, 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 and I don't know anything about this. Let me find out. So by the time he found out, it was like 530 about everything, that the tenant broke back in and everything. Well, someone came in. Kegley came in and bought it for 380 Threw it up on their website at 420, sold it, made 40 grand. Like that. Mm. Okay. I didn't capitalize on that 40 grand. I fucking lost the money. I could have made 40 grand that fast. I legitimately will tell you the home was worth about 520. It probably needed like 30 grand. Wasn't even that bad. I lost out on $40,000 on a fucking phone call because the house was unoccupied. I didn't take it as I should have just said, I'll take it and we'll figure out this later. But I fucking didn't. So I'm here to tell everybody you have to make action quick. If you fuck mm-hmm. around, and you get a deal, and you wait a couple days, that deal's gone. Mm-hmm. So I just lost $40,000 from that. So the time I could have been arguing with Graydon about some bullshit door knocking, I could have <laughs> lost forty grand. And I You're arguing with Scott. Yeah, well, no, 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 I'm saying like in general. If I argue with Graydon, I argue with Scott. If I'm having an argument with anybody, I'm losing money. I agree with that. Got it? So I want everybody to know, negativity attracts more negativity, positivity attracts positivity. It's very important, and I'm here to tell you guys, don't let other people like the fact that he, you know, Tyler was cool with it all. Like, hey, man, dude, it's all good. Proud of you, yeah. I'm proud of you. Was a different energy than what the fuck. Well, you your expectation was he was gonna flip. Right? Yeah, like your 100%. expectation of him and how he was gonna react to that was much different than what the reality was. And his men exactly. And his mentality is like, hey, bro, I just made 250 grand this month wholesaling. Like, I don't. I'm killing it anyway. So now he wants me to, in fact, to turn around and he goes, hey, can we partner up and do Orlando, Florida? This is just, he literally just called me today. He's like, hey, I don't even fucking, I'm, fact, mm-hmm. fact, let's fucking team up, do some more deals. I want to get Airbnb Yeah, out let's there fucking, in Orlando. Shit, we got, so we'll team up. We'll make this happen because I think on Monday he wants to grab lunch. So okay. I'll fucking maybe hook Scott up. We'll, we'll figure yeah. it out. But we might have a whole fucking team. And this is the key, right? The key is don't assume. You know, my lesson I got taught this week was don't assume and act quickly. Mm-hmm. I had a deal there last year at this time, uh, Nashville, oh, new, right, hour and a half outside of Nashville. Six, the guy was going to sell me his house on an acre for six grand. Oh, God. Yeah. And I, and I waited. And he, <laughs> end, he ended up, if you went, when you wait, like you're saying, yep. uh, he's like, I called him back up and he's like, oh, I sold it to my wife's friend at work. He's coming over to the house right now with seven grand. Oh, and uh, man. yeah, I was like, "Well, I'll give you seven thousand five hundred. He's like, "No, it's already done." You know, no, you know so yeah, that, don't wait. Right? What's that worth? Like two hundred grand now, three hundred grand now, uh, some crazy yeah. shit. <laughs> and that's and that's that's the lesson. So that's the lesson I have for the is like if someone calls you up and it looks like a good deal and it mm-hmm. sounds like a good deal, just lock it up. Deal with figuring out the shit later. Exactly. You know, like yeah. if there's a tenant issue that comes up. Guess what? Hey, there's tenants in there. You told me it's vacant. Boom, deal with it then. Then then that's okay. You'll still have the deal in your contract. You're not going to lose the deal. It's crazy. I had another deal. This lady called me up and she goes, this is like two weeks ago. She goes, hey, um, do you want to get, I have a house in Mesa. Um, I'll take 210. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. 210 in Mesa, house? Is this a house or a mobile home or a condo? She goes, no, it's a house. Is it a 3-2? Well, kind of. It's a 3-1 and a half. I'm like, okay, I'm still interested. She goes, it doesn't have a garage though. Okay, I don't care. It doesn't have a carport. I don't care. Does it have a lot? Is it not a lot? Or is it a lot? Sit on a fucking trailer. <laughs> right. She goes, no, it's on. It's it's a seven. On land. I go, where are you at? She goes, well, it's by Apache Junction. 
like right off the freeway, you know? Yeah, yeah. She goes, it's kind of a shitty area. There's a lot of meth heads over here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to live here anymore. And I don't owe anything on the house. And I'll take 210. I was like, okay, let me go look at it. I'm on my way there. She goes, hey, don't worry about coming. I just sold it. Oh. I sold it. She sold it on the way I was driving there. On the way there. Because she just wanted me to go, let's do a contract right now. Yeah. She wanted me to buy this without even seeing it. Well, if I wrote a, wrote a contract, signed it on the way there, it would have been done deal. I would have went there. But you didn't it. know anything about the property. I didn't fucking though. know anything. There's no way you can do that. I know that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you could have wrote could my contract. Yeah. I could have had a contract that says, hey, I'll do an inspection period. Yeah. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. And I could have tied it up. You based feel on, me? Yeah, based on per- expension. I could have said, yeah, yeah let's lock it up. And then they're not. Yeah. So most people assume you're going to do an inspection or do some kind of walkthrough. So she was cool with me doing a walkthrough. And she's like, yeah, you know, if there's any problems, you know, let me know. I'm pretty sure I could have said, hey, there's this and this and this. I need to drop the price. She would have done it. But locking it up, once someone signs, and this is, this is okay, this is sales 101. This is true story. You ever hear the concept of once someone inks something, they don't want to back out? Mm-hmm. So once someone has signed, it's like emotional. Mm-hmm. So for instance, like when I got married, I had to sign a wedding certificate. Right then I'm married. And I had, you know, I'm sure you know what I mean. Then mm-hmm. you have the sign- witnesses and whatever. Yep. But once someone inks that, dude, it's harder. I'm not saying you can't divorce. I'm not saying you can't, but it's harder to be like, well, mm-hmm. I have this certificate. We're married. I like it's it. an emotional yeah. decision. So I feel like when you're buying a house and someone signs it, even if they get an offer for more money, they're like, well, I just made a commitment. True. And yeah. most people, when they make a commitment, they don't want to break it. Like, it's hard to break a commitment when you sign it. It's one thing if you're like verbally like, yeah, let's do it. And then they don't do anything, then it's whatever. But if you sign a deal, you know, it's like an emotional thing. And that's, I think, a very important, they like, say, ink the deal. Mm. And there's something powerful about someone taking a pen. I mean, in this world, it's a DocuSign pen, right? You just touch your finger on the, right. the contract but there's something powerful about that so i think we underestimate the power of signing like people okay it's done because right. in, in in mentally if you're like yeah i sold it it's done i'm done even if someone offers you more money you're like it's done i already signed it mm-hmm. i already sold it i don't care have a nice day leave yeah. me alone you're emotionally checked out yeah. you're checked out emotionally yeah. and i've had that happen where people on both ends i've had people where i've signed a deal i've had people offer more money that i already signed a deal with him it doesn't matter because to somebody who signed a deal, there's a few people out there that are shady, right? There's people who sign a deal for 330 and then be like, oh, I got 340. Sorry, can't do it. But most people are not going to do that. Most people are going to be like, I signed a deal with you. If you don't close, then yeah, I'll, I'll go to them. But but their word is they signed a deal. Yeah. Yeah. But I have had a few st- situations where people signed a deal and reneged, decided to go, no, I'm not going to buy it anymore. I'm not going to do the deal anymore. In fact, it happened to me in Arkansas. The lady, we bought the house. Me and Spencer bought the house for 150 grand. Okay, it was worth like 240. We said it's on the lake. It had a dock and everything. And I said the lady, and the lady got me to. So uh, I put it out on blast with Bryant mm. at his Green Elephant. Okay, I put it on blast, and this happened, and I was pissed. Buyer comes in, he goes, "I'll give you 190 for it." It was a wholesale. I was like, "Okay, 40 grand, cool." The buyer said, "I know this." Um, so. Originally, I said, so originally, I, no, no, he offered me 175. I said, no way, I'm selling for 175. Like, I'm not going to make 25 grand. This house on the lake. It's a good one. It's comping for more. And in fact, I ended up getting a buyer for 190. But let me explain what happened. He called the lady. His mom, this is how small a world it was. His mom knew this lady like 20 years ago and then looked her up and called her. And her name was Barbara. And he goes, hey, Barbara, how are you? 
hey, we'll give you one nine. Did you know your home's been blasted out for one, like a complete asshole, like piece of shit person? And she got all scared and was like, oh, what? You're going to, you, they're wholesaling it? What, what's, what's wholesaling? Like, didn't know anything. And so she calls me up and she's like, I don't know what this wholesale is. She's like seven years old. She goes, I don't know what this wholesale is. Because it doesn't, no one did this when she was a kid, you know? And she goes, I don't know anything about this. So I'd explain to her, I had an investor partner of mine send it out on an email. I'm really sorry. I just told her the truth. I'm like, it got sent out. Um, we sent it out to our website for more money. She goes, you can't do that. And I go, well, it's in our contract. It says we can assign the contract and we can market it. Well, I didn't read that in the contract. And she, and she tried to like backdoor out of the deal. Hmm. And I ended up having to get a lawyer. And I had to tell my lawyer to send her a lien that we're going to tie up title because we have 150K. Long story short, we ended up settling with her because in the contract that my employee didn't disclose, there was a boat dock. Because the boat dock wasn't in the contract, mm. she was able to say, you can have the house, but without the boat dock. Well, guess what? Th- that's not fucking valuable now. Because mm-hmm. I have a house on the lake with no boat dock? Mm-hmm. That's fucked up, right? Yeah. So she's like, well, for $15,000, i will sell you the boat dock. So now it's her way of getting the extra money. The extra money. Mm-hmm. So I just said, no way, no fucking way. And so I held my ground, and eventually she's like, 10000 Because I had her tied up, but she wouldn't sign. So she couldn't resell the home, but she could just sit there and wait. And so I was just like, I can wait as long as you want. Right. So a month and a half went by, two months went by, she got pissed. She called a lawyer up. Another lawyer calls me up, and he's a fucking dick. He goes, this is Mr. Fromstein? I go, yeah. He goes, we have a bo- we have something to talk to you about. We have a bone to pick with you. And I'm like, okay. So then he starts telling me Arkansas law. And all. I said, listen, I know the law. I know the contract. I know what title did. Well, where she fucked up, the seller, and this is why the lawyer had no case. Everything was in emails. She openly said in an email, I include the boat dock. But mm. it wasn't in the contract. Yeah. And she openly told the title people who title is neutral, but they liked me. And they kept a recording of every conversation with Barbara. The lawyer had no case. The lawyer's like, sorry, Barbara, you're out of luck. You're gonna have to sell it to him or you're out. Because she did everything via email. Everything's documented. Everything was on phone. So the phone and emails were documented. And title companies record calls, just so you guys know. They legally can record your call. So, and if you have three people at the title company that all heard the same thing for Barbara, that's three witnesses against one. So she was basically fucked. She had to make a decision. So she calls me up. She goes, give me $5,000. Now, at this point, I'm like, five grand, get the deal done, buy it for one fifty-five. I bought. I just said, okay, fine. I'll give you 5000 more. I just don't want to deal with this anymore. It's a headache. She goes, well, thank you so much. Love working with you. So we close on the deal. <laughs> but my point is, and this is very important to know this, right? People go both ways. They could be like, hey, I signed it. It's my word. I'm good. Or they could back out. In my history of doing deals, I've seen the backouts way more common when they market the house out and people try to go to the owner mm-hmm. and offer more money. Yeah. So it's best to close the deal first, then sell the deal. I've learned that's way better than trying to assign the deal unless you know that buyer they're going to close because blasting deals is the best way to screw yourself. Yeah, I had a... One of the guys selling to me last year, he came to me and he, he said, you know, someone, sh- you know this guy, the Facebook Marketplace. He's, I'm like, what? I don't know him. He's already blasting out a deal I had. 
that he had heard about. And so, and then yeah. if the seller finds out you're, it looks bad. Yeah. Right. So I've learned to like, I don't like assigning deals that much unless I know the people and they're not going to go screw it Right. because it saves you a lot of headache because believe it or not, a lot of these wholesalers, dude, <laughs> this is how true, true it is. That deal gets emailed out, then another guy puts it on Facebook, then mm-hmm. another guy puts it on here. And before you know it, you'll see this with wholesalers. You'll see like 13 people have mm-hmm. the same deal. I mean, I can literally grade them. When we get out of here, I can show you an email and go, yep, that was 3.30. This new wholesaler put it at 3.35. This new wholesaler put it at 3.40. You know what I'm yeah. talking about, Scott. Mm-hmm. And by the time that you get it, it's like 3.65. And that was what was happening to Oscar. Oscar was on the show. He was getting deals from five, six people in. And most Cherie said, remember, was when her, remember when Cherie was on the show, she said three in. Usually it's three removed. There's three mm-hmm. people in the deal before, but the actual end buyer closes. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that I've seen 20 people wholesale a deal. I've seen it. But it's more common three to five. Right. But just cra- everybody's trying to make their 5K. Their so that 6K. deal is passing through three to five hands before it's completed. Wow. Well, I even showed up uh, Buckeye. We were two acres out there. And the wholesaler sent me out there and said, yeah, you know, it's on the market and it's vacant. I showed up, there's a Mercedes Benz, there's like a RV in the back and a nice truck. And I, and I was like, there's no lockbox key on here and someone's living here. She's like, no, no, it's still vacant. And this guy comes out the back door. I was like, can I help you? I'm like, I'm on the phone with her still. And he's like, yeah, I bought this place two two weeks ago. And it turns out like five people had whole, you know, wholesaled it out and then he bought it and, you know. She was like, sorry, I didn't, didn't know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see that a lot now. There's a yeah. lot of rookies in the business that are marketing deals they don't even have under contract, and that's something you got to be careful about. What I always want to know is who do you have it under contract? Because if it's just you're selling somebody else's deal, I don't want to work with you. Because, I one, I don't care how much money is being made. Like That doesn't matter to me, but I don't want to be wasting my time. Like I go to look at the house, like he said, and then I'm wasting my time. Time is the only thing that we have, precious commodity that we have. That's the most important thing that we have as humans. So the last thing I want to do is drive to a deal that I can't even right do nothing get. with. Yeah. yeah, and so I I I've seen it a lot. There's a lot of people who sent me. I actually test people out. This is how I know. What I'll do is I'll call somebody on a deal that I already know I locked up. I'll be like, hey, is this still available? That they're blasting out, and I'm like, they're like, yeah, let me check. And then like three hours later, oh, it's sold already. It's sold already. I'm like, well, you're not even fucking in the deal because I own the deal, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like that's, but I do that on purpose because I try to weed people out, and it's it's just it's really good to do that because now you're not wasting your time with crap. Damn, it's a lot of information. Always good stuff. As we come to the uh, the end of this podcast, we always like to open it up. Uh, Justin is a man of faith. You spoke about faith a little bit earlier, and we always like to to open that up and get that out there. Um, what are your thoughts on that and, and how that affects your, your approach to this? Um, for me, I've been, I actually have a crazy story to say, and I'm going to keep it very PG because I had, I went to Bible study Monday night mm-hmm. and, um, I opened up about some personal stuff, which I won't talk about. And some people also opened up some personal stuff. What I will tell you is it's very important to have faith. Um, not only is it important to have faith, but it's also important to know that everything in this world is governed by our God. That if we want to achieve success, you have to believe in something. Faith is everything. Because people that I meet that are failing in life, they don't have faith. People that are always stressing out about money don't have faith. I'm not saying you can't be a millionaire and be 
against that. But I've met way more people in my life that were believers that are more blessed in all things. It doesn't have to be Christianity or Catholicism, any religion, Muslim, whatever you have. If you have faith in something, universe, God, um, karma, you know, whatever your faith is in. Ultimately, to me, everything in this world revolves around the law of attraction. The way that you think attracts people around you. And I believe having faith in the law of attraction and sense of God that blessing you with the with the law of attraction and realizing that there's like 12 laws, there's law, of, everybody knows what karma is. You know, if you ask anybody, you know the law of karma, they're like, oh yeah, what goes around comes around. Well, why is that? That's a law that the universe that's been set by the universe. There's something really to be said about knowing and acting in faith. I took, when I told you the other day, great, I was like, yeah, I'm doing 30 houses. You were like, oh my God, that's a lot of houses. But I'm not worried about it. The reason I'm not worried about it is because I know that I have God in my life and he can protect me from things that are unseen. And once I gave God my business, my heart, my family, everything, I'm able to operate in a safety mirror. That doesn't mean I'm not going to get attacked. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have bad days. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have shit come up. That doesn't mean I'm not going to have issues. That doesn't mean that you know people I meet are going to betray me. That doesn't mean any of that. But it means that no matter what, I have given God my full trust that I can trust him with anything. And that's something that I will tell you is why I can flip a home in Mississippi. It's why I can do a home in Alabama. It's why I can do a hill in Nashville, Arkansas, because I put that faith in those people too. I say, hey, look, I trust God that you're not going to screw me over. I trust that you're going to do the right thing. And if you don't do the right thing, then we're not going to work together. No big deal. I would much rather know in the beginning someone's shit than in the end. And I believe that when I start praying and people run away, they weren't meant to be in my team anyway. But the thing I do respect is people who go, you know what? Hey, you have your faith. I believe in the law of attraction or I believe in this. I believe in karma or I believe in this. Whatever your belief is, you have to have belief in something to attain massive success. You can't live your life and operate under like non-believing. And and keep you keep retaining the same response. I have met everybody in my company that I've worked with over the last few years has had faith in something, whether whether it's religion or God or just independent. I've never met someone successful, really successful, that doesn't have that. Never. And if you ask anybody, like even Michael came on the show, and he's like, "Well, I believe in you know what goes around comes around, right?" Well, that's in itself faith. I believe if I do wrong to somebody, they're gonna get wrong back to me that's in there that's faith for them but i think it's important because i met scott randomly i met brian like four years ago at an event kind of like scott i met scott but i met brian at a random event everybody i've met in my life has been random it's not like i (laughs) i went on tinder for business and was like oh scott kenji right hey scott let's do business let's talk it's Mm -hmm. never been like that it's always been divine Met my wife the same way, divine. Mm-hmm. Everything is divine. And everything in this life, it revolves around the way you are. If you treat people the way you want to be treated, they'll treat you back the way you want to be treated. If you treat people crappy, they're going to treat you crappy. Um, I like ran into Jamil. I told you I ran into Jamil. There's a long situation that me and Jamil had, like a lot of drama. And I run into my Matt Biltmore Lifetime. I'm working out, and he sees me. I see him. And this is like last week, right? And I'm like, I get off my cardio. I did like 30 minutes on the bike. I get up. I walk up to him. And this is a guy, I'm going to tell you right now, like I fucking hated him for a while. I I mean, straight up hated him. And he knew why. And he ended up, so he ended up seeing me. 
he goes, hey, man, I'm really sorry about how I treated you four years ago. And I was like, what? Like, it threw me off guard. Really did. Like, threw me off. I was like, well, shit, I'm not even mad at you anymore because I'm a big believer in forgiveness. And I said, okay. I'm like, well, man, Jamil, you know I'm really proud of you. I see Kegley's growing. You've done really well with yourself. Your company's grown a lot. I'm really proud of you. I'm glad to see you doing well. He goes, man, he's like, you look really good. You lo- have you lost a lot of You look like you lost a lot of weight. I said, yeah, I lost 80 pounds over the last couple of years. He goes, bro, you look really good, man. Keep it up, man. You're looking good. You're looking buff and stuff. I said, hey, they didn't really think so. I said, we'll talk soon. We'll, we'll run into each other or whatever, but have a good day. I walked away. I called my wife, told my wife later after the gym. I said, this, can you believe this happened? And I told him and some other people, this is tr- this whole time I was fucking, I hated him. When Bryant had a party, Bryant, he was there. He showed up to one of Bryant's Christmas parties in 2019. The first time I took my wife, now my now wife, which was my girlfriend at the time, I took her with me too. She was there. She remembers me telling her, fuck that guy. Like I almost wanted to beat his ass. Luckily I didn't because I. she's like, let's go. <laughs> let's get out of here. Now I'm like, hey, shout out to Jamil. I have no issue with him. I have no ill will towards him. He's more than welcome to come on the show. He's more than welcome to talk to me about stuff. But I think the reason I'm telling people that is I'm being vulnerable right now to let people know that there could be so much shit going on in your life right now. You might have somebody you really don't like or something happened a couple of years ago and you're hurt and you're in pain. Come clean with that person. Call them up. Hit them up because it might be. I'm getting chills. Oh, my God. My whole body is getting chills right now. There might be a blessing that comes out of it. That's my final thought. Powerful. Scott? Um, well, I mean, you know, with martial arts, I always put a lot of faith in God. I always pray before I go on the match, wrestling, judo, you know, and uh, I, I even served a two-year mission in Japan for my church. And, uh, you know, you, you learn, you, you know that God's always watching, you know, God, the universe. And it's the same thing in real estate, right? You know, if you're door knocking, it might not come from a, a door knock. It might be some, someone from Facebook that, you know, sees you. Doing that might be someone like you knock on a door and their grandson comes out to the car and then leads you to two more houses in his house, right? Um, you know, it might be like, you know, in a Facebook real estate group, someone's, you know, posted a, a flip or a wholesale that they want to do. Whatever it is, God, like there's no coincidences, like Justin was saying, like, you know, divine intervention that, you know, <clears throat> he puts people in your path and, you know, you're supposed to learn something from them or work with them, what, what, whatever it is, so... If you're doing the work, you know, you're writing down your goals, you're kind of putting it out there, what you want in life. Life is like a menu. You can have whatever experiences you want, you know. And so I wrote down, like, I want to go to the pyramids of Egypt. I went this summer, did, took a Nile cruise and went to the Valley of the Kings. And it was just, you know, and I've been, when I was 10 years old, I wrote, I want to win the world championship. And I drew a picture and wrote a story about it. And then, you know, I'm in my 30s, I was up on that stand and, you know, win the world championship. That's so, incredible. Yeah, it's like you write down your goals, you pray for them, you know, you put energy towards them, and then things just start happening in your life, you know, that, uh, you know, you're blessed. Absolutely. Well, good stuff. I appreciate that. All very powerful information uh, and messages. Uh, I want to thank you guys all for tuning in to the Justin Broker podcast with Justin Fromstein. I am your co-host, Gray. Um, for Scott coming in and joining us. I want to thank him. Much appreciate it. Uh, If you guys have any questions, don't forget you guys can hit us up at the Justin Justin Broker Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we will see you all next week.
All right. Peace, Peace out. Peace out, man.